ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm happy to be here today with a very interesting guest. His name is Damian Reed. And as often happens for me, I'm introduced to people or I find them along the way and they intrigue me and then it has to go further. So I love to have them on my podcast. So welcome to the podcast today, Damian. Thank you. It's great to be here. You are a performance and freedom lifestyle mentor, a coach, a keynote speaker, and an Amazon number one international best-selling author. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, I know that uh, it was a kind of a roundabout way that we met in that you um, saw the value in something that I uh, very, um, very much is a part of me, and that is send out cars and the need for um, staying connected with people and showing them that you care. And through a common thread, a common connection, I reached out to you and here we are. So tell me a little bit more about the, the work that you do in the sense that, um, you know, what, what feeds your soul that you do? Ah, what feeds my soul? Yeah. What an interesting question. Well, I think the place for me to go to answer that question is really to answer from my purpose. And my purpose is, is simply stated that I am dreams fulfilled. And, and so what feeds my soul is having a role in supporting other people in fulfilling their dreams, like no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) And, and these are primarily, I think your target audience or the people you love to work with are female entrepreneurs, correct? Yes. So something struck me when I was um, reading a little bit about that, uh, about your work, that, you know, there's a lot of women entrepreneurs out there. And I can understand that, you know, me being one of them, and we all need help in certain ways. When people come to you and are looking to work with you, do you ever come across people that you know or you feel, "Mm, I'm not sure they're going to make it, or this isn't the right connection for me, or because I know that I know you have a system and we'll talk about it a little bit, but you know, do you get a gut instinct about whether someone's just seeing the entrepreneurship as another job or whether it really is something that they want to create into their lifestyle? Sure. Okay. So a couple of questions there to answer. So one, sometimes, yes, I come across people who I'm really clear. It's not a fit for us to work together for very different, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I am someone who believes that there is a coach or support person, mentor for everybody. And mm-hmm. so I'm happy to refer people to other potential mentors or coaches who they might find a better fit with. So that, that's number one. Um, number two, in, in terms of 
are some entrepreneurs looking at it like another job? It's a, that's such an interesting question because I believe that no entrepreneur ever starts that way. Right. Okay. But I do come across entrepreneurs that end up that way. And oh, you tell more now. You have to tell more now. Yeah. So people start their businesses. I, you know, I talk about this in my book, but people start their businesses inside of two, usually two type, two things. The first is that they're passionate about something. So they're, you know, there's, there's something that they want to accomplish, whether, and it could be anything like you look at all the different kinds of businesses there are around the world and different things that people do. There's somebody passionate about all sorts of different things, right? So there's usually a passion for something, but the second piece, which is the piece that I love to focus on is that they start their business with some notion of a future of freedom. So when I talk about, you know, you said I'm a performance and freedom lifestyle coach, the freedom is the piece that I key on. And for everybody, that notion of freedom is different. For some people, it's financial freedom. They just, they want enough money to be able to do what they want, when they want, spend how much ever they want. But that's not it for everybody. For some people, like myself, I love location freedom. I couldn't care about a bunch of stuff. I just want to be able to have my office in one backpack and I can go work from anywhere in the world anytime I want to do that, mm -hmm. right? And, and others have different things. For some people, it's responsibility freedom. They never want to report to another person ever again. So that, whatever that notion of freedom is, that it has a big part in why people start their businesses. And so to circle back to people who now have it looking like a job. Often I find those people have lost touch with the freedom that they set out to achieve in the first place, or they've given up on it. They, oh. they, they think it's no longer achievable. You know, they're, I have the big three that okay. I, that I think are, are show up either. They're not making, the kind of money that they know they can make or they know they're worth or they don't have time to spend on the important things in their life mm -hmm. right or they are just like completely overwhelmed and at the mercy of their business so a couple of things come out there for me and i i totally understand those three things so um the first one i forgot already <laughs> uh, money yes the money okay so it could be as an entrepreneur it's an up and down it's not steady income coming yeah. in and then number two you talked about not having enough time but that goes back to um not making enough time or not seeing that they have to do things differently to yeah. create that time right and and number so they get they get bogged down in the mire and yes. and then the third one was it's really an over it's a sense of overwhelm it's a separate part right. of that time it's it's usually money and time are the two big things but sure. time usually gets split into two things one yes. is that feeling that it has on me personally as an entrepreneur and my sense of freedom like i've got i'm overwhelmed i'm like i i'm working to, i'm you know so it shows up as i'm working 
more hours than I thought I was going to work yes. in my business when I started my business. Yes. I didn't start my business to become a slave to my business in terms right. of time. And so the, there's so many habits I talk about in my book about having to manage that, like a cutoff time at the end of the day, like when do you stop work, mm -hmm. right? And work doesn't creep in, taking days off. Mm -hmm. You know, how many entrepreneurs do we know working seven days a week? They never take a mm -hmm. day off. They never get away from their phone. They never get away from their emails and so forth. So that working more hours is one piece of that. So that begs the question of um, balance, because some entrepreneurs, they don't they don't want that balance that they're doing what they love to do. Yes. Right? So yeah. and then others it's causing them mental anguish, the overwhelm, the frustration, and they're like the hamster on the wheel. Yes. So again, I think it, what do you, what do you um, say about balance? So there's a keynote talk that I do where I, uh, the title of the keynote is work-life balance is crap. <laughs> And it exactly. is, you know, it's a play on words because it isn't exactly what it sounds like. But I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the sort of highlights of the keynote, which is the idea of work life balance mm -hmm. is is a completely overused, misused, misunderstood concept, because what it has is it has work juxtaposed against life on a scale. And balance comes from the, the notion of a scale. So it means I have to take from one to give to the other so that I can actually get this kind of equilibrium. Well, in reality, it isn't work and life. Like we say life, like it's got all of these things, but in I talk about the you know 12 key areas of life, your work being one of 12. Wow. Over here is 11 others, your love life, your family, your well-being, your self-image you're like there's so many other things over here so when we start to talk about we're gonna balance 11 against one well even that doesn't work because that number doesn't really quite work so i talk some people are familiar with things uh something like a life wheel mm -hmm. um, so you've seen that before yes so that's more of the concept that i look at um i have two life wheels that if you will one's an internal wheel one's an external wheel Mm -hmm. uh, and and having those in equilibrium mm -hmm. is a is a more palatable notion or concept to me, which is if you can have all the areas of your life working mm -hmm. at a at a relatively equal level, then that will have you be a happy entrepreneur. So even those people that you said, you know, there are those people who are you know, we use words like workaholic. I don't like that, but like they're really passionate about their business. They put a lot of hours in their business. I don't believe that that comes without a cost. Mm. That equilibrium is off. It's happening at the, at the cost of family relationships. It's happening at the cost of your well-being. It's happening at the cost of so many other things, your love life maybe even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's not really... 
if we dug deeper with that person that we're talking mm -hmm. about, the one mm -hmm. that is so, if we dug deeper, I bet we would find that that person is not experiencing the kind of freedom that they had in mind when they started. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that, yeah, quite often it's, it's uh, hiding the things they don't want to, to face or, yes. or, or deal with. Yes. So you talk about, um, uh, the seven steps to freedom lifestyle and you talk about holistic entrepreneurialism yes. or being a holistic entrepreneur so yes, yes. when you're coaching somebody yep. with this in mind do you find that you um that you have so many different roles you're not just like the business <laughs> coach yeah so that's a great question i'm not a, i don't consider myself a business coach and I don't consider myself a life coach either. Right. Okay. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. A business coach works with people on their business. Yeah. And a life coach works supposedly a life coach <laughs> with people on all the areas other than their business. Right. Right. right? So this, this comes back to that balance thing that I we know. were talking about, right? So that, to me, there's something missing in that. That was, so when I talk about the holistic piece, I'm talking about the whole of the entrepreneur, right? That all 12 of those key right. things. So yes, I do end up uh, working with people in all the different areas of their life. And in fact, that's one of the conditions of working with me. Mm. I will not work with an entrepreneur who is unwilling to put all their areas of life on the table because I don't believe it's possible for us to have a successful, healthy business without a successful, healthy business person. And that <laughs> includes all the other parts of their life. Uh, so yes, I, I don't, I'm not an expert in all of those areas, but I, this comes back to that world of relationships. So we're getting right back for example. I have built a lot of relationships with people who are in the health field. And so if someone needs specialized health uh, work, I'll send them to the health person. If they need you know for example two days ago i referred a, a client to a sexologist mm. and, and it came up in a con group conversation is that a thing that's a thing it is a thing a phd <laughs> he's a doctor a phd in sexology oh my goodness really great i've worked yeah. with him before yeah um and he's fantastic but she mentioned something and i heard it and then i was like I don't know what to say. I have no idea. Like I could, I could make something up, but here's a guy who got his PhD in this stuff. He knows what he's talking about. At least let me introduce you, go talk to him sure. and you'll figure out whether or not he can help you or not. And if he can't, then, you know, so I, I hear that. I hear you saying things that like, okay, so someone who works with you, it becomes a, a very um, intimate relationship because they're going to feel comfortable enough with you to open up about different areas of their life that they, that as a business coach wouldn't probably happen as a life coach. It may, but maybe, you know, maybe a little bit more, but um, that's, um, that's to me very uh, different than, you know, that definitely is a unique piece that you bring to the table. And I can tell because the minute I talked to you, I knew I felt comfortable talking to you. You're very easy to talk to. And I can see that that would happen um, 
with the right fit, right? With the right clients. And that's that can only be a plus. So let's just sidestep for a second and and let me ask you how you came to this business. What's your background? Because I'm curious, we all come to, have you always been like a sole um, entrepreneur yourself or were you a corporate person who said enough already? Both. Both. And and all of it, uh, all of it comes into play. So how I got here, I firmly believe that every single thing that I did from the age of 13, which is how old I was when I started my first business, to today has contributed to what I bring to my clients. And that includes a couple of stints in the corporate world. You know, I was a senior manager in marketing and sales and telecommunications. And so that whole world of marketing and sales is an area of expertise that I bring to business. Mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was a senior leader in, the, in a global organization that dealt in transformation and self-development. And so, you know, I bring all of that to the courses I lead and the services I develop and, and you know, certain aspects of the way I coach and how I, one of the things that really taught me was how to listen. Yes. Hear what's actually going on when someone's speaking. Uh, and you mean then like reading between the lines, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's all the different businesses that I've run and started successful businesses since I was a young fella. Um, <laughs> that has taught me a lot about small business. I'm a, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. Oh. I, I watched my mom at a young age. I watched my mom. Uh, do a nine to five job and then run her small business in, in the evening, you know, like, so I, I saw that, that in a, in a very young, like very early age. And uh, so did that affect your, your um, take on the time balance, right? The life balance, sure. because I'm sure she was working a long, long hours yeah. and, you know, dealing with you. And if you have siblings as well. So um, was she, uh, on her own or was she married? And I was raised by a single mother. I, I think, you know, the two most amazing, courageous types of people for me in the world are single mothers and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was raised by a single mother entrepreneur. So, you know, she mm-hmm. is really, she's definitely one of the most strong, amazing, incredible women that I've, that I, that I, that I've ever met in my life. Um, but I'd say, you know, it, it's interesting because I take a lot after my dad. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have uh, with my mom and dad, had, I have one brother. And then my dad remarried. I have another brother and sister. Um, but my younger brother, Dominic, it has a lot in common with my mother in, in that mm-hmm. they're both very uh, conservative in their approach to life. You know, they bo- they've both worked for corporations their entire working life. You gotta have a pension. You gotta, yeah. yeah. My dad, on the other hand, is the risk taker and, you know, raced uh, cars when he was younger. 
um, that that kind of person played the stock market and so forth. Like, so I have that slant. Mm -hmm. And um, and so there are things that, so when you ask, you know, is that what had me look at the freedom lifestyle mm -hmm. thing? Like, yes and no, in that my mother today would still say there's certain things that I do that would drive her crazy and she would never do. Uh, because that's not her way of life. She's finally, I think, come around to understanding it. But, um, but no, the thing that got me there, Janice, was I got a taste of it mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. And and as I started creating, when I left that that training and development organization, I had to create what I was going to do next and. It took me a while to come around to it, but eventually I saw that everything I had done could be combined into what I'm doing now. And, uh, and so I saw a need. I saw a need. I saw, I got really upset at some, uh, I still get upset by this. The number of people who give up on their dreams, who don't think it's possible because, you know, bad coaching, bad advice, poor processes, poor plan, like, all of that, it's what had me create that seven-step process. It's like, look, it's it's doable, it's duplicatable, it's actually mm -hmm. possible if you're if you're willing to do the work <laughs> and yeah, yeah. stay with the work, then it's entirely possible. It's easy. No, it's never easy. It takes hard work. It it takes hard work. Yeah, but, I, but I, I think you can see the end more or the 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 growth more clearly when you have a plan for sure well let me I, i'm gonna disagree okay do it agree to disagree with you on that one just a tiny little bit and it I, it comes down to relationships it can be easy but we overcomplicate it and make it hard because a lot of us myself included because i'm still working on this habit a lot of us think we have to go do it on our own well, that's exactly where what I was thinking about, because I feel that I'm at a bit of a crossroads in and I was going to the question I wanted to ask is, um, when do you know that it's time to give over and and hire someone to do it, whether it's a little task or not? Now, you know, because you're in overwhelm or because, you know, you just can't do it all. Yeah. But it's the hardest thing to do. How, so, about, how about think about that slightly different? Okay, help. The time to give that over is at the beginning and not wait until you're in overwhelm. And then, there's, three, there's three things that, three categories that I say people should not be doing of tasks, right? Money. First, the like first, category, <laughs> first category of tasks are the things you hate to do. Yeah. I don't know why you would do them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. They just drag and suck the energy right out of you, yeah. right? Yeah. The second category of tasks is the things that you're not good at doing, but you do anyway. So people fiddling around with their MailChimp and their website and their all of these things that they spend hours and hours doing, they have zero skill in them. They're going to teach themselves how to do it. Right. You paid someone to do it. It'd be done faster, done better, and you'd have your time back to go make sales that you could pay that person, right? right? Yeah. And then the third one is the least favorite for my clients, 
that's the thing that you like to do, but you have no business doing. Mm. Right? So for some people, that's social media. Yes. <laughs> right? So I like creating my social media posts in Canva. I like da da da. Yeah. But do you have any business spending an hour of your day doing social media? Don't hire someone to do that. So I, when I started my first, my first business in this, I, I'm, I, as I mentioned to you before, I, before we got on the call, um, I'm, I'm currently have interest in four businesses that are running in Canada. Um, but when I started the first one, I hired my assistant before the company was incorporated mm. to do all the things that running around, blah, 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 that I need to do. So my answer to the question is no, don't wait until you're overwhelmed. Do it right away. I love that. I love that. You know, because my um, passion about everything I do comes back to building and nurturing relationships, I want to come back to something you just said and tell me your take on this. And and that is, you know, doing your social media. And by that, I'm assuming that you mean, and I know one shouldn't assume, but I'm assuming you mean posting and making you visible on on probably in most cases, people think they have to be on every friggin' yes. social media, which yeah. I don't believe. Yeah. Um, but I think people miss the biggest piece about social media, and that is actually using it to engage with people yes. and build and start and build those relationships yes. that become prospects or referral partners, strategic partners, or even sales, God forbid, right? So um, what's your take on that? So so there's so much richness in what you just said. So <laughs> first, social media is not a must. It's a strategy, exactly. a strategy, and it needs to be a tactic that's executed properly within your marketing campaign. So you don't have to be on social media, which is a thing that a lot of people have. I know. And you should be on the platforms where your people are. Mm-hmm. So if your people are not on Facebook, why are you posting on Facebook? If your people are on LinkedIn, go do LinkedIn. If your people are on Instagram, do Instagram. And what you said about social media is absolutely correct. It's a social platform. So you need to be engaging. You need to be putting content on there that people actually care about. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And and all of that has social media. If you step back, go, okay, well, what is my marketing strategy? How am I going to get seen? How am I going to create those relationships that could turn into sales. Social media is a long game marketing strategy. It is not an immediate strategy. It is not something that you just put up posts and people just flock to your website and start buying things. Like that's a, that is such a misconception. I agree. Um, so yeah, why are you doing it? And, and how are you doing it? And what are you out to accomplish? Yeah, and and if you're hiring someone to do it for you, at what point, you know, does it become you? Because that's the key that you have to take over when, I mean, I, I, that's one area that I have a hard time having someone else do anything for me. I can see them writing something for me, but then I have to be the one engaging. Otherwise there's no point. I know I I could talk about that forever. (laughs) I, I know. Yeah, I, I hear so many. 
Yeah. There's pros and cons to that, Janice. You know, if you have a, if you hire a great social media manager, they can, they can engage in the voice of your brand. Yes, they can if they're good at it. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. But that means that your brand needs to be defined. It has to have a voice. You need to be clear about what you want them to be saying. Like, that's not you engaging. Your brand is engaging, which yes. is a very different thing. Yeah. Good point. Like, if I'm posting something on my personal Facebook page, that's me talking. Mm -hmm. If I'm posting something on my Damien M. Reed International page, mm -hmm. that's Damien M. Reed International, the brand talking right. with Damien as the CEO. So what is the brand stand? The brand, you know, there's a very close association between the brand values and my values, obviously. Yes. Uh, but, but there is a difference between the business and Damien. Yeah. Right? Damien yeah. will act like a fool on social media. Damien doesn't quite act like a fool. Like on my personal stuff, I'll do silly things. My business page, not so much. Right. But it gives people an opportunity if they're paying attention to see the all round you. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So do you have, um, I know this is going to put you on the spot, but do you have <laughs> um, a client um, success story that is, um, is like from taking someone from here to here and, and you've watched them blossom that you could share with us? Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a, I have, I have okay. a couple, but the one I'll share with you is, um, is sort of near and dear to my heart. She's someone who I will say took a chance on me. Like she was one of the first people that hired me when I started this new business. And, uh, and she created a business in the art world. Mm. That was really unique. And when I first met with her, I was amazed because she had no competition, which is so incredibly difficult to achieve in today's day and age to create something that nobody else has created and you don't mm. have any competition. So I worked with her in a, in a VIP day. So I spent time with her. We created her business plan for the next like her business for the next year. I remember that day so clearly, we posted her revenue target on a sticky. I posted her revenue <laughs> on a sticky in front of her on the wall because she couldn't be with the number, right? Uh -huh. it, was, it was that much of a growth. And, um, and so one of the great things about her was that she was very disciplined. So she was able to take that plan and go off and then execute based on all of the tasks and the milestones that we had laid out. Wow. She came back, she came back nine months later for us to do another session. And she was literally able to be like, I did this, I did this, I did this, I didn't do this. Here's the reasons why. Okay, let's create the plan for the next. Wow. And I'll, I'll sort of fast forward. Um, she grew her business, she hit that target in less time. Uh, I worked with her to bring on a business partner. Uh, one of the interesting things we had designed in her plan for the one year was when she was going to get pregnant, have a baby and buy a house on, in the East Coast. She bought the house the same month that it was in her plan. And she was pregnant within a month of when we said in her plan. That never happens. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so we could go into the whole world of intention and planning yeah. <laughs> into that now. But she, so, and then, you know, the business went on, she was nominated as one of the finalists in the RBC Entrepreneur of the Year Awards. Nice. And, um, you know, she's now gone, kind of gone full circle. That partnership didn't work out. She just dissolved the partnership. In the process of dissolving the partnership, she consulted with me uh, through the process to support her through that. And, uh, and we just scheduled another VIP session to now work with her new team Nice. take that business on to the next level. And she, in over the last four or five years that we've been working together, and, and I use her as an example, because one of the things I love is she's not someone that I work with every week. She's not a coaching yeah. client. She is a mentoring client. Mm -hmm. And I like to meet people where they are. Some people don't need a weekly. They're perfectly good to like, let's create it, off we go. And I have yeah. clients that I work with like that. So yeah, I'm super, super excited. Uh, out of that work, she's now contracted our my one of my other businesses to develop her website and to do her branding for her and so forth. So, like that's a separate business. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah. I in we talked earlier about you know what does it mean to be this holistic. Mm -hmm. For me, the business piece is always a done deal. When I meet with someone and we're talking about their business, my mind has already built the success strategy for that business. I've taken it apart. I've rebuilt it. I know exactly what needs to happen. I could lay it out in the space of an hour and, and someone could go and do that. If they did that, it would be successful, no problem. For me, that's always a done deal. Hmm. The piece that's not a done deal is whether or not the entrepreneur will play with the other areas of their life to have them be a successful business person, mm -hmm. as to a successful business. And, and will they have the discipline and follow through to actually have that business be successful? That's the only thing. And that's where coaching comes into play mm -hmm. because they're getting stopped by whatever they're getting stopped mm -hmm. by and then we just work on that. So yeah, the business piece is a done deal for me. I, I people are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. yeah, no, that's a done. Like, what do you, how big do you want it? Okay, let's just go build it. It's done. Oh, I love that. So I can tell that I could talk to you for hours. You could. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then we're yeah. going to wrap up. So yeah. my favorite thing, my favorite word is curiosity. You probably read that in the notes I yeah. sent you. Yeah. And, um, and I have two parts to my question about that. One yeah. is, um, what are you curious about these days? And secondly, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? Oh, wow. Okay. So what am I curious about these days? Uh, two things I'm really, really super curious about. I'm curious about micro habits. So like I'm on the hunt for these like small edges that could be added Ooh. to something to habit stack and have people be more and more successful. Like what, you know, like sleeping, like if you add magnesium, do you get better sleep? Like that, that all these little things, like little pieces. Okay. Micro right? habits. I like that. Habits. Yeah. Uh, and then is curiosity innate or learn? I'm going to say it's innate and then we unlearn it 
So I say, if you look at kids, they're so curious. We're born with that. They get into everything. They want to learn things. They want to figure stuff out. I think that we teach people to stop being curious. I told you. Yes. Yes. I'm nodding my head. Right. I know. I just left my little granddaughter downstairs um, with a bowl of sudsy water in the kitchen sink with her mother there, of course, uh-huh. and um, her newest curiosity, which are, do you know what a scrub daddy is? No. It was probably one of the most successful um, products on Shark Tank. Okay. It's, it's a little happy face um, kind of sponge, yes. but it's special because when it's, when it's dry, it's hard and you can scrub, um, you know, uh, dried stuff off your okay. saucepan. And then yeah. when it gets wet, it's soft and you can use it as a, as a sponge. Okay. And it has two eyes for you to hold, I think, (laughs) and it has a happy uh, mouth where you can put a spoon in and clean the spoon. Like, it's really quite an ingenious tool. But anyway, kept her happy the other day for half an hour, and now she came in this morning, and that's exactly what she wanted, the happy faces in the sink. Wonderful. So the curiosity is always there when they're little. And I love that. And, and how she has, um, but you're right. I, I, I shouldn't really say I agree or disagree with my guests when they talk about that, but I mean, I feel the same way. I think, I think that we, and I was a teacher. So um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that we get those pressures as teachers to, you know, do the curriculum that we forget yeah. about the curiosity factor yeah. sometimes. So, yeah, thank you for that, because I, I love those answers that my, that my guests give in that regard. And my last question for you is really, um, I mean, there's stuff on here I could go and ask. I know. I know. That means I have to have you come back. So that's. I'll come back. I'll absolutely come back. I love talking with you. I love these conversations. Thank you. So my last question is for now today: What is your um, your best um, um, advice for entrepreneurs out there today? Just a piece of advice that you would. I'm going to underline something that we already talked about. Okay. And that is you cannot do it alone. And I'm going to say it in quotation marks, whatever the it is, just stop trying to do it on your own. You know, whether it's creating a group of entrepreneurs just to talk about something, you know, the Napoleon Hill created the first mastermind simply to like have people come together to talk about their problems and like solve that. That was like amazing. Right. Uh, Or having someone help you with these tasks that we talked about, whatever, or getting a coach or a mentor, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it alone. And, and that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. The moment you have that thought, check that and find a different way because that I think I think that that's one of the biggest things that gets in the way of the success of business people. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Damien, for your time today and for all your wisdom. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure that my clients and my audience will too. So um, where is the best place for them to get hold of you? I will put it all in the show notes. <laughs> they, the best place for them to find me is Damien M. Reed Internet. Uh, sorry, sorry, DamienMreed.com. Okay. M, as in, M, M as in mother, 
and it's <laughs> Damien with two A's. Got uh, it. Reed has got an E-I. I have the yep. most interesting way to spell. You can spell my name so many different ways. Yes. Um, so yeah, and I know you're going to put it in thing, but that's absolutely for people. Um, and and you know if they're if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, always happy to connect with entrepreneurs on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And to my audience, if you liked what you heard, please go and visit Damien at DamienReed.com. Again, it will be in the show notes. Check out his, his book, 52. Uh, Cure Entrepreneurialitis is the title. Oh, right. Cure Entrepreneurialitis. Yes. Two habits to earn the freedom you deserve. And, and I, I guess the next one, I guess the next one's going to be the, the micro habits. Yeah, well, the next one, I'm in the middle of writing it. The next one's oh. going to be on the seven-step seven uh, seven process. process Yeah, to achieving the freedom lifestyle. I want to really put that into print and give people the opportunity to, to, you know, to be able to follow it and do it on their own. So we didn't even get into that because I was just, you know, and so you'll be back this year. I'll be back. Um, sure, I'll be happy to be back. You'll be back. <laughs> and what, do you have a timeline on your book? When do you think it'll be? Uh, oh yeah. Um, no, but okay. next, it'll be 2022 for sure. Okay. Uh, but when 2022, I need to, um, when I do my year end completion, I need to put it into, uh, into an actual promise for a timeline. It didn't get done this year. Uh, it's okay. You're forgiven. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> crazy year. It was a crazy year. It was a crazy yeah. year. So definitely. thank you again. And to my audience, please let us know that you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Damien Reed by leaving a review and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.